0: This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message.
1: Daniel 11 gives a prophecy of the kings of the North and the South a time when the kings would rise in Persia, one of which would stir up his kingdom against Greece. After this took place, a mighty king would rise and fall, his kingdom broken and scattered. The princes of the king of the south would grow strong and would make an alliance to the king of the north through the daughter of the south, but this alliance would not last. But, however, this alliance would plant a root that would rise from the Union. And from the branch that sprung up great power and wealth would come from the plunders of war. As the branch rose into power Daniel's word from God becomes vividly detailed with the description of this rise of authority by a mighty leader. How the cities would become fortified, the terms of surrender as they were invaded, the daughter that would be given in surrender, and the breach of those terms as the treaty was broken. Each detail given describes a signpost for this prophecy all describing the rising nations in the ancient world. As the last king rose into power his alliance with Jerusalem was strong but as he fell from power this king turned away from Jerusalem back to those that had forsaken the old covenant. Daniel 11 says He shall turn back and pay attention to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. Forces from him shall appear and profane the temple and fortress, and shall take away the regular burnt offering. And they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate. He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant. But the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. Daniel 11:30 30-32 <clears throat> Many have examined this prophecy without examining recorded history of the nation of Israel and mistakenly bind these words to the words of Christ as Jesus warned of the coming abomination of desolation. Jesus said, But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, let the reader understand then those who are in judea flee to the mountains that's mark 13:14 we know that the words of christ can never fail we know that daniel's prophecy was the word from the lord which also can never fail but without recorded history we are forced to take daniel's prophecy into our future pointing it to a time and a place beyond the coming Messiah ironically this is a prophecy that the Jews have recorded to be fulfilled while they still look for a coming Messiah this prophecy of Daniel has a record from history that matches the events surrounding the evasion of the temple to the letter in the first book of Maccabees recorded Jewish history during the time between Malachi in the coming of Christ the scribes took note of all the events as the abomination was being placed into the temple just as the prophecy of Daniel records it records the story of the rise of Alexander as he plundered the Medes and Persians Daniel mentions the time when the kings of Persia would rise and overpower King Darius the Mede and another king would rise against the kingdom of Greece This aligns perfectly with the first few sentences in the book of Maccabees. It says, And it happened after that Alexander the son of Philip the Macedonian, who came out of the land of Shittim, had smitten Darius the king of the Persians and Medes, that he reigned in his stead first over Greece, and he made many wars and won many strongholds, and slew the kings of the earth. And he went through to the ends of the earth, and took the spoils of many nations, insomuch that the earth was quiet before him. Whereupon he was exalted, and his heart was lifted up. And he gathered a mighty host, and ruled over countries, and nations, and kings, who became tributaries unto him. That's first, Maccabees 1, verses 1-4. through 4. Daniel's prophecy declared that a portion of the Jews that had abandoned the Old Covenant, would make a treaty with the rising power, breaking the Old Covenant in full by joining themselves to the Gentile nations. This also is recorded in the book of Maccabees. Verse 11, it says, In those days there went out of Israel wicked men, who persuaded many, saying, Let us go and make a covenant with the heathen, that are round about us for since we are departed from them we've had much sorrow it's verse 11 in first maccabees chapter 1 daniel's prophecy declared that the rising power would make war with egypt and would plunder gold and silver from the temples of baal their conquest of egypt would make them strong and they would become even more powerful this again is recorded in Maccabees. It says, Now when the kingdom was established before Antiochus, he thought to reign over Egypt that he might have dominion over the two realms. Wherefore he entered into Egypt with a great multitude, and chariots, and elephants, and horsemen, and a great navy. And he made war against Ptolemy, king of Egypt. But Ptolemy was afraid of him and fled. And many were wounded to death. Thus they got strong in the land of Egypt, and he took the spoils thereof. It's 1 Maccabees 1 16 through 19. But the most interesting part is the ultimate consequence for abandoning the Old Covenant. Many prophecies in the Old Testament point to the day of the Lord, and they describe utter destruction of the worship of Israel, from the temple to the death camps to all who would try and serve the Lord. Since the Holocaust, many Christian ministers have studied this prophecy from Daniel and applied the prophecy to the slaughter of innocents that took place in Nazi Germany. But they do so without examining the entire prophecy. Nazi Germany is neither Mede nor Persian, and neither Greece nor powerful from the spoils of Egypt. Jewish history records many things in the beginning of this chapter, <clears throat> and if you examine the Old Testament prophecies, you'll find many statements fulfilling visions from Isaiah to Malachi, as the temple was profane, ending with the abomination of desolation in the holy temple. Starting in verse 20, and after that, Antiochus had smitten Egypt, he returned again into the hundred and forty-third year, and went up against Israel and Jerusalem with a great multitude, and entered proudly into the sanctuary. And he took away the golden altar, and the candlestick of light, and all the vessels thereof, and of the table of the shewbread, and the pouring vessels, and the vials, and the censers of gold, and the veil, and the crown, and the golden ornaments that were before the temple, all he pulled off. He took also the silver and gold, and the precious vessels, He took the hidden treasures which he found. And when he had taken away, he went into the land, having made a great massacre and spoken very proudly. There was great mourning in Israel in every place where they were, so that the princes and elders mourned. The virgins and young men were made feeble, and the beauty of the woman was changed. Every bridegroom took up lamentation. She that sat in the marriage chamber was in heaviness. The land was moved. For the inhabitants thereof, and all the house of Jacob was covered with confusion. After two years fully expired, the king sent his chief collector of tribute to the cities of Judah and came into Jerusalem with a great multitude, and spoke peaceable words unto them. But it was all deceit, for when they had given him credence, he fell suddenly upon the city and smote it sore, and destroyed much of the people of Israel. And when he had taken the spoils of the city, he set it on fire. And he pulled down all the houses and the walls on every side. But the women and children took away captive, and he possessed the cattle. Then builded they the city of David with great and a strong wall and mighty towers, and made a stronghold for them. And they put therein a sinful nation, wicked men, fortified themselves therein. They stored it up with armor and victuals, and they had gathered together the spoils of Jerusalem. And they laid him up there so that they became a sore snare. For it was a place to lie in wait against the sanctuary, and an evil adversary to Israel. Thus they shed the innocent blood on every side of the sanctuary, and defiled it. Insomuch that the inhabitants of Jerusalem fled because of them, Whereupon the city was made an inhabitation of strangers, and became strange to those that were born in her, and her city her own children left her. Her sanctuary was laid waste like a wilderness. Her feasts were turned into mourning, her Sabbath into reproach, her honor into contempt. And as it had been her glory, so was her dishonor increased, and her excellency went into mourning. Moreover, King Antiochus wrote. "...to his whole kingdom, that he should become one people, and everyone should leave his laws. So the heathen agreed according to the commandment of the king. Yea, many of the Israelites consented to his religion, and sacrificed idols, and profaned the Sabbath. For the king had sent letters by messengers into Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, that they should follow the strange laws of the land." and they forbid burn offerings and sacrifice and drink offerings in the temple, that they should profane the Sabbaths and the festival days, and pollute the sanctuary and holy people, set up altars and groves and chapels of idols, and sacrifice swine's flesh and unclean beasts, that they should leave their children uncircumcised, and make their souls abominable with all manner of uncleanness and profanity, to the end that they might forget the law, that they might forget the law and change the ordinances. And whosoever would not do according to the commandment of the king, he should die. In the self manner, he wrote to his whole kingdom and appointed overseers over all the people, commanding the cities of Judah to sacrifice city by city. Then many of the people were gathered unto him, every wit to every one that forsook the law so that they committed evils in the land, and drove the Israelites into secret places, even wheresoever they could flee for succour. Now on the fifteenth day in the months of Kazlah, in the hundred and forty-fifth year, they set up the abomination of desolation upon the altar, and built an idol of altars throughout the cities of Judah on every side and burnt incense at the doors of their houses and streets. And when they had rent in pieces the books of the law which they found, they burned them with fire. And whosoever was found guilty with any of the book of the Testament, or if any that committed the law, the king's commandment was that they should put him to death. Thus they did by their authority unto all the Israelites every month, as many were found in the cities." That's the first chapter of Maccabees. William Branham said that this prophecy of Daniel, describing the abomination that makes desolate, was describing the mosque of Omar. And this establishment of this Muslim sanctuary would bring an end to the gentile dispensation. But he ignored the statements about the Medes and the Persians and the Greeks and the princes and the daughters the surrender the conquest of egypt and all the other prophecies throughout the old testament that align with this breach of the old covenant he says this 1953 look how the abomination of daniel and so forth when the great prince shall come he'll prophesy a thousand and two hundred threescore days which was three years and six months that's exactly what jesus preached he came to the Jew alone, who will be cut off for a sacrifice for the people. And that abomination maketh desolation. The Mohammedans set up the Moslem of Omar there. And they would tread down the walls of Jerusalem until, who until what? Until the Gentile dispensation be fulfilled. So 1953, 0729 is the tape index. Questions and answers on Genesis, William Branham. But Branham is not alone in this belief, and this was not his original idea. As the world was in turmoil, from the world at war, and having seen reports of the thousands of Jews slaughtered at the hands of an evil dictator, one would easily jump to conclusions that we are seeing Daniel's prophecy fulfilled. But those conclusions can only be derived by avoiding every specific detail that Daniel gives in his description of events leading up to the abomination of desolation. Worse, to believe that Daniel's prophecy is pointing to the 20th century, we must place ourselves under the Old Covenant. Daniel specifically described the situation leading to the destruction of temple worship as being orchestrated by the Jews that had abandoned the old covenant, not the new covenant of grace that would be established in the coming kingdom. Reading the New Testament, we find that the kingdom of heaven is established by every member in the body of Christ, the people that Christ has taken for his name. Revelation says that the new Jerusalem was adorned as a bride for the bridegroom. And that this city, New Jerusalem, was a city not made by human hands. Our bodies are now the temple. I believe that we're at the end time. Notice the words of Christ in every gospel, each and every gospel, as he describes the abomination of desolation. In parentheses, you will find these words. Let the reader understand. Matthew 24 15. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Some think that this is a conflict in scripture. Why would Jesus say this when he had access to all of the Jewish history? Why would he take a prophecy from Daniel point it into the future when they were living breathing examples that Jerusalem had been invaded after the temple was destroyed. I believe that there is a reason why these words are written. Let the reader understand. Our bodies are the temples and we are part of the city of God. We are pillars in the kingdom. Could it be that these words referring to the abomination would come to invade our hearts and our minds? Replacing the love of Scripture with love of something else? Could it be that the abomination that makes desolate is not a physical structure, but rather is an idol that has been placed in the hearts and the minds of each fallen soldier that has abandoned the gospel of Jesus Christ? Could it be that because of abandoning this gospel in the worship of a man, Could it be that deceit, false prophecy, false teaching, twisted scriptures, and abandoned love is our abomination? What if this abomination had already been established in the temples of human hearts without us even realizing it? What if this abomination destroyed the love of our fellow man and made us abandon the reason for the commandments? and turned our hearts into stone. Ask yourself these questions and examine your hearts. Do you love your brother enough to give your life for him as Christ did for you? Are you the type that would leave the herd of sheep to find that one lost, wandering soul? That soul that is asking questions that are painful to answer. That soul that is seeking To dig himself or herself out of confusion that is being created by false teaching. What if that abomination is blinding the eyes and searing the hearts of Christians? There is only one answer. Return to the original message, the gospel of Jesus Christ.